Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Let's give the Lord a good praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the living Word that is in our hearts, upon our minds, within the way that we think, the way that we speak. We speak life and health, longevity, the goodness of the Lord, the protection of God, breakthrough miracles, proceeds from our lips. These are the things we do. We take the Word in, we, we meditate upon the Word, we speak the Word over ourselves. And in the process, by the power of our lips, we can actually, particularly through prayer, cause many situations to turn around in our favor. Bless your people today with the Word of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you very much. Everybody take a seat. It's uh, really good to see you. Everybody's back in the house of the Lord. And uh, the church is full. There's a lot of people here, a lot of people, first service. And we're going on with revival services at night, every Sunday night at the moment. It is a flow of the Holy Spirit. We believe God is moving. In fact, God is moving here. Sunday night now, after Sunday night, it's all about flowing with the Holy Spirit and blessing the people. We pray for them. And uh, in the morning services, bring people that are lost to church. Now you have to. In these days, we have to. Family members and friends, just invite somebody who's not saved to come with you to church and bring them in so that the Lord can touch their lives. And also for the evening, we pray for people regardless of what the problem is. There's a whole prayer force here and we minister to the people uh, in this place. Now, I was talking to you about the city of Corinth that sits behind me here, and uh, it's a short video just to give you an idea because, you know, this was a major, major place in the Bible. Uh, Antioch was a key city. It was a city well populated, sitting towards the Syrian uh, empire, Assyrian, late Assyrian, Syrian uh, territory there. And then, of course, we have got uh, Ephesus uh, over the Asia Minor, capital city. And now we have this one, Corinth, big city. It was destroyed by the Romans 146 BC. Uh, they uh, won it at the battle for Corinth, and that was like a stronghold they took. And you'll see a big mountain in the back. You see the Roman fortress at the back of it now, built and what the city looked like in the days of Paul. You see, you go up a passage, you'll see the passage, and you go into a square, and right across from that square, there sits the Bema seat, where you have the judgment seat, where Gallio, uh, the proconsul, uh, judged a situation with Paul. And, uh, of course, it turned out to Paul's favor because God had spoken to Paul in a vision. But let's take a quick look and get a better idea of what we're talking about, Bible days. This is the Reconstruction.
You can see it there. And kept on developing with two harbors, one to the east, one towards Israel. The, um, the harbor there, I think it's called Krenjria. And that harbor would take you to Jerusalem. And from there, Paul would depart and uh, uh, land at Miletus, Miletus uh, and then from there up to the island of Rhodes at a place called Paul's, Paul's, um, Paul's Harbor. The place is called Lindos, and then from there straight to Jerusalem, where ultimately he got arrested and then taken to Rome to travel yet again. Now, I want to read here. I want to do two things, three things. Today, on the subject of the book of uh, First and Second Corinthians, and uh, I'd like to just see how far I can get on this, and there are three points I'm making. And the first point is, Become a spiritual person, because the Bible talks about it. We'll take a look at the Scriptures now. Become a spiritual man rather than somebody that's orientated like a worldly mindset. God wants you to have Christ and His Word in your mind and have a spiritual Holy Spirit help, helped perspective, an assisted perspective of life around you. And the second thing is moving the gifts of the Spirit, particularly praying in tongues. And the third thing is, once spiritual man praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, then the next thing is spiritual warfare, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. So that in nutshell, in advance, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. So I'm going to read here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, and I'm reading here in verse number 12. Now, 2 Corinthians 2 and 12, it is from the Amplified Bible. I'm glad to see so many people here have Bibles. We make it a habit. We're busy with revival at Little Falls, particularly you see it happening at night. And uh, we're busy with that. So we're back to the Word. We all carry Bibles. And if you have notes, whatever you want to do with your notes, tonight we've revisited and revised. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that whereby, as the Bible says, the whole church is empowered through these gifts because this is for the church. You can minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I will be giving out this also again, a revisited uh, handout for the evening service. And then we'll teach the people how to move with the gifts of the Spirit and how they can also get there where their, their prayers can become miracle working prayers in the workplace that happen in my life, can happen in your life too. Nothing special about if I was just a student or just a believer, just got born again, started praying for the sick. So we look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we might know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God, the Holy Spirit and His gifts and His empowerment. And behind me, should be a picture of the, um, I wonder if that, uh, if Philip and them are there at the back, or they can't do that now. It doesn't look like they can do it, but okay. Yeah, there it is. There's the, um, uh, the, um, the path that they would parade in with the horses and stop at the end of it and go up there at the top. That's called the forum. And there you find the beamer seat straight forward. You'll find the beamer seat standing there. There is the beamer seat. And I remember the day, uh, I actually saw a picture in this past week that uh, here you see Bema written right in the back. There's a square stone at the bottom. I sat on that stone. My head was just 
below that writing, Bema seat there, and that's where Paul appeared then before the, uh, the proconsul, the governor, governor called uh, Gallio was his name, and uh, he spoke to Paul. So Paul writes these two letters, the first one from Ephesus, and the second one he wrote from Macedonia. So it's somewhere there between Philippi and uh, the other, other cities that would follow from there up to Berea. In that region there, uh, he wrote this, to this, the capital city of yet another Roman foreign uh, province by now. And he says, uh, verse 13, we also speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but those taught by the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit, the revelation of God, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, I didn't say this in the first service, but you have no idea, if you really carefully think about it, how important it is that the third person of the Godhead, namely the Holy Spirit, is very active in your life. And you're allowing the Holy Spirit His way, and you're listening and you're guided by the Holy Spirit. God gives gifts, and those gifts, after the blood of Jesus on the cross, there's no reason under the sun why those gifts would not work in your life also. You pray about it, God will give it to you, and you do that, and you will find that your whole life changes like it changed mine for sure. There in verse 14, Amplified Bible, the natural unbelieving man, the natural unbelieving man does not accept the teachings and the revelations of the Spirit of God, the theme of today, the revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to a natural man, absurd and illogical to him, and he is incapable of understanding them because they spiritually discern and appreciate it, and he's unqualified to judge in spiritual matters. If I look here, and I have here in front of me the Dake's Bible on computer, and it says here, natural man, in Greek is the Greek word called psychikos, and um, it's a soulish person, just with a soul that's altogether worldly. This is the man living under the control of the works of the flesh, fleshly passions, the sensual and the depraved part of man, the fallen nature, in contrast with a rational part as he would connect up with the Holy Spirit, the word of truth. And uh, it says here, he's, he's the animal man, says Dakes, Finnis Dakes in Dakes Bible, as opposed to the spiritual man. He has no sense of spiritual values, no sense of spiritual values, and no relish for them. He counts it the highest wisdom to live in this world, carnal pleasures and greed for the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Spiritual things are foolish to him, and he cannot see their supreme excellence, I repeat, supreme excellence due to his animal appetites and being spiritually quite dead or almost dead or very backslidden or insensitive to God. Supreme excellence of what God is showing us through these spiritual things. In the beginning of the ministry, right in 1986, 86, I planted the Bible school, 88, I took the church, the church became 
Uh, the Bible school became a church, and I took leaders out of the Bible school and appointed them. And we've come a long way from there to now. And by the way, I said to the pastors this week that in 1994, when the new South Africa was born, in 1994, this church was built and finished. And, and uh, President Nelson Mandela made the speech. I think it was about here by 11th of May. And uh, remember the 20, 27th of, of, of now 11th of April and the 27th, was it May, April? Yeah, I think it was, it was 11th of May. And April 27 was the day where everything changed. The new South Africa, we had the inauguration. I think it was the, the 11th of May, around there. One can, I suppose, check on the internet on that. But it's in 1994. And the church was finished in 1994. We are exact. This church is the age of the new South Africa. And God's got a lot of good things for us. Now you might as well say amen. We're going to have to say oh my. Give the Lord a praise offering everybody. Hallelujah. This nation is on a crossroad at this time. And God's going to move on this country. But I'll say this to you. Jesus Christ is in control. And as long as our Lord is in control through the prayer life of this church and many other churches that are praying right now until the new year after the elections, we'll be praying. We'll have lots of prayer till then. The future of a nation is on the lips of a praying church. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, we have um, also the natural unbelieving man. Then in verse 15, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, the spiritual man is the spiritual mature Christian. In 1988, I gave to my staff, the early staff. Some of them would stay with me till very recent. I still had with me very recently, a year or two ago. Feels like yesterday, Pastor Louis Biachemann, there was a man called uh, Tiens Blom, Pastor Tiens Blom. All of them, they were with me there at the beginning. And they came with me through all of it. I had very little staff turnover. Erika Kutzer, she came all the way till this day. She's still on staff. And so we've seen the people come with us, but I told them I want you to read Watchman Nee and the Spiritual Man. And I always wanted to be a spiritually oriented, very much more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I just preferred that. I remember I was out there in, a, in, a, in Northcliffe, there was a magistrate, and uh, he had like a fellowship, a home fellowship, and uh, they were born again spirit-filled, and I went there. God filled me with the Holy Spirit at that time. And I used to sit in that in that fellowship. They called it not a home cell then, just a home fellowship. And uh, we used to read the Bible and then discuss some scriptures from the Bible and just have tell time with one another. And then we would have a, a cup of tea or whatever afterwards and do a little bit of fellowship and go home. And it would just be very uplifting, sing a song together, had a little songbook there, and we'd sing off the songbook. And uh, there already, they would ask questions around biblical scriptures. And uh, I was very much on fire. And I was reading the Bible in six weeks, the New Testament, three times. So, and I read, study, not just read. Read and study, make notes as far as I'm traveling. And within three weeks, of, uh, six weeks, I've done it three times. Just start Friday afternoon, go all the way through till Sunday night, finish the entire New Testament one time. And just kept reading until I got through it. And so I remember in those days that uh, they would sit down by that table and ask a question, spiritual questions, scripture prayer, Bible questions. And I would just drop my head and say nothing and wait for them. And I would then see the scriptures, which I've just read. And these scriptures would come back to me and I would say, you know what the word of the Lord says this. 
The word of the Lord says that. And they give them their answers. Now they all sit there. They all have time to answer. And I let them talk. When they finished, I mean, I'm green, 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 like a green bean in the midst of them. Some of them been Pentecostal a long time into the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And I just, just okay, that's, that's what the scripture says about that, that, that. And so there became, that's actually where the ministry of me was launched. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, Harold's talking in tongues. Yes, and I started prophesying. First miracles took place there. God healed people right there and then in that same room. Started praying for the sick. So you know what? God can use you in the gifts of the Spirit also. The gifts are for the body of Christ, not for individuals. It's for everybody. Can you say, give the Lord a praise of everybody. All right. Now it talks here about the spiritual man. The spiritually mature Christian, mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, what the Spirit of God reveals. Yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. Somebody that's not sensitive to the Holy Spirit will not understand. That spiritual nature, which to me has been so very important in my life, so very important. I have no words to tell you how very important it was. There, God started grooming me to become spiritually sensitive. I would take the Bible and read it and read it and think it. At the moment, I've grabbed hold of this Amplified Bible, and I'm slowly busy committing this now to memory. But I'm, I'm reading it so much that it becomes so vivid, and I think it, and I speak it. And I just, all the time, it's just so important to me to speak the Word, to confess the Word, to, you know, and uh, to deal with the sword of the Spirit concerning any problems and issues. Pray and take command, authority of the believer. Take command over situations through prayer. It would guide me that spiritual sensitivity. It comes to praying in tongues, but we'll get to that right now. It says here, the spiritual man is the Greek word pneumatikos, is the Greek word for that, spiritual man. Um, as man is living under the control of the Holy Spirit, and minds the things of the Spirit. He has the mind of Christ and access to it. And he discerns and esteems spiritual things above the sensual. He is a new creature and resurrected from death through faith in Jesus Christ, in the newness of life, baptized in water, and cleansed from trespasses and sins. The lower animal passions... The works of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 to 21, have been crucified. So the spiritual man is one that really is flowing in a dimension of where God wants you to mature into. You see, a lot of people have been in church for a long time, but they're not into really becoming really sensitive to what God is really saying. And therefore, uh, they are not able to really find out where the Spirit is taking them. I've said it from the beginning. Give me this book, give me a bottle of water, and I fast and I pray and I'll get my answers no matter what I need. I'll get my answers time and again over all these years, more than 40 years, get my answers. Get it from the Scripture. Get my answers all the time. Follow the Holy Spirit. 
become spiritually orientated. And then he says these words. He actually goes on. In chapter number three, number one, I'll read from the Amplified. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as unto spiritual people. And he says here, but only as unto worldly people dominated by the human nature, mere infants. As I've said in previous sessions of, of, of sermons or, or Bible school sessions, I would, I would say that spiritual nature, the Greek word there for it is nepios, which means people is like in a diaper or a nappy. They're wearing spiritually. They still are in nappies. They never come out of it. Once heard a man of God says, you know, he was, he was near to the end of his career and he said these words, I'm so tired of putting nappies on Christians. That was his words, not mine. And I couldn't quite understand what is he talking about. He said, but you know, there's just this uh, slow spiritual development because if you don't pray and if you don't obey what God is saying, then you find yourself in a very difficult situation of having to deal with the problems of life according to the works of, of whatever you have in, within you. Now, our, our intellectual capacity is very limited in actual fact. But with the mind of Christ, if you're in the spiritual man, you have access to the mind of Christ and it extends human ability and intellectual capacity with the mind of Christ as well as memory because memory is spiritual. The man by the name of Lazarus and the rich man, Luke 16, okay? Luke, Luke 19 from verse 16 tells you the story of the rich man and Lazarus and tells you where the, Lazarus is now in torment in the lower nether world in the fire down there, which we would call hellfire. He's burning there, and he says, the flame is burning me. Send Lazarus. He sees Father Abraham. And then Abraham answers him with these words. Son, remember, when you were in your life, you had it rich, you had it good. Now, this man by the name of Lazarus, and I just paraphrase, Lazarus, it's now his turn to be comforted. He's in Abraham's bosom, which is paradise of the, of the Old Testament in the bosom of Abraham. That's how the Jewish people see the bosom of Abraham was the expression for paradise of the Old Testament up to Christ when he took the people up. Ephesians 4 up to verse number 11. And that whole Ephesians 4 tells you he descended and he ascended, led a train of captive people that were in the bosom of Abraham. Old Testament saints took them with him into heaven. Now, having said that, I don't want to get into that too deeply, but to say to you, God says, become a spiritual man. And you know what? I was talking about things this morning because I think nothing itself, nothing express, expresses um, spirituality as much as a person's words, particularly. The first thing that tells me if a person is spiritually orientated is by his words and secondly, by just his conduct. If a person's conduct is, is unbecoming, then you see, okay, well, this person is out of control. This person is not living the natural life. This person is, his conduct is what I would call, I used to call it in the early days, I used to call it the country spirit. You don't get to people, you just don't get along. And they're so carnal and they say stupid things. But you know the scripture, I can give you that scripture there. It's Ephesians 5 and 4. Ephesians 5 verse 4. It says, you know, but foolish talk and uh, coarse jesting is unfit. Foolish talk. Now, you know, let me first get to the coarse jesting. Coarse jesting is coarse, like cree. In the Afrikaans language, cree, tal. 
dirty jokes, using bad words in your language, telling dirty jokes, and just, just um, people, they get people with dirty mouths. You know, this, this here, your mouth, is a fountain. It can never be a fountain of dirty water and defiling water. Never be a fountain for that. You see, it's just like, you know, that's, that's all the person has on the inside of him, talk like that. That means there's not very much going on up here too. Because that person has no, he's got to get the mind of Christ, got to get reborn. And when you connect up to the mind of Christ, you have an extension of memory. Son, remember. In the netherworld, Luke 16 from verse 19 or 1916. Okay. So it is just in that part where even when after death, people can perfectly, in fact, memory is actually spiritual. If you take it, human memory just goes to a point. But extended memory is when the Holy Spirit connects up with the mind of Christ. You find solutions. You find them fast. You get into a meeting with people. They're discussing a problem. You give them the solution straight away. It happens all the time. You just listen say, what does the scripture say? And then your mind begins to work according to the scriptures. Okay. So, that was the first thing, to get spiritual. Now, you know that foolish talk thing is exactly the word foolish. Foolish. And the Greek word there for it also say, again, foolish or stupid. You know, just saying stupid things. Sometimes people get up to just, just uh, you know, I had Dr. Neighbor at the time that he said it to me. He was a professor in three universities. Uh, I don't think he's gone on to be with the Lord yet, but he said in three universities he was a teacher. And he says, Harold, do you also battle, you know, in a group of people and they talk, there's a lot of nonsense talking and, and, and just superficiality. There's no depth. Can you imagine that talk around the Apostle Paul? I wonder what Paul would do. You know, even John, the Apostle, that had a meeting with Jesus on the island of Patmos. Those are powerful men of God. They made a decision to walk this life the God way. To walk this life the God way. You know, there are scriptures in the Bible that tells you the end of that walk. It tells you. Now, one day, if I have chance, maybe tonight, I can just for a moment share with you where God comes and considers such people that walk with Him as precious jewels. Precious jewels. And he says, I'm coming to collect my jewels from the earth. The dead will rise from the dust. And then you find in the text, in the codes, you find that it says, it's the Hebrew word for rapture, caught up. In the Old Testament, telling you in advance, before it's written in the New Testament, that there's going to be a moment that God comes to fetch the saints. We haven't got time to destroy our own lives. We speak over our own bodies. And you, and you, you talk and you confess things. You know, you have to... I think health begins in one's mouth. The word of truth, you can do nothing against the truth. You can only do something for the truth. If you speak the truth concerning your health, you see, sickness and strongholds are like a cancer. If you call it a stronghold, take a sickness, call that thing a stronghold. 
That stronghold has got one weapon against them. That's your prayer life. What you're busy saying according to the word of God against that thing all the time. Can you say amen? amen? Well, the second part was that I thought, well, you know, in 1 Corinthians, this part of 1 Corinthians, it tells you that we are to become people of the Holy Spirit. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, if I go to 1 Corinthians 12, then it, it, it introduces you to the life that you can live as a, as a believer and make no mistake. When I started praying for people in those days, I, was, I finished university, then I'm working uh, at in those days the SABC, and I was a senior officer in those days there, and we were doing um, uh, aptitude testing on people in terms of placing them with the test batteries and placing them in the correct job as they were employing people. And uh, I remember in those days that when the Lord took me, everything else just lost its flavor. But you know, there was just those people just, you know, Dr. Neighbor said, Harold, he says, do you also have difficulty with this small talk? You have a lot of small talk going on. People just stand, don't want to work, stand and drink a cup of tea and then just talk. Discuss everything else except whatever the Lord. But just to say this to you, that once I started praying for the, for the sick there in that SABC, the moment I started praying, I had, a, I, had a, I had like a queue of people that wanted me to pray for them. They came in one after the other. People would walk past my office by the door. One man, full of pain in his body, walks, and he had, I mean, he had like a gangrene in his legs, which disappeared. That was a miracle that took place, a major miracle. And, he, and I'm just praying. Wherever I have the gap, I'm praying. And he walks past the door, and he goes like this. And uh, like he gets a speed wobble. And he turns around and comes back into, into my uh, office. He said, that's the strangest thing. I walked past your office and I felt so sick. I just walked past there. And, uh, and, 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 and there's absolutely not a sign of anything. Then he says to me, you know, look at my legs. They were purple, his legs. He was developing gangrene in his legs. And he was taking morphine. So bad. He says, look at my legs. And I said, come here. Now, there was a couch, you know. I had a, a nice couch and, you know, radio set, whatever they, they equip you with. And, I'm, you know, this, and he stands in front of the couch, and I said, let me pray for you about those legs. They were purple. And I put my hand on him, and he fell over. He fell into the couch, which was actually a good thing. And so, okay. So eventually, I pull him up, and he goes out staggering down the passage because the Holy Spirit's now just powerfully come upon him. So he uh, comes back the next day. He says, I've got to show you this. You saw my legs yesterday? I said, yeah. He says, and he again lifts up his, his pants and that purple is gone. He says, I'm healed. I got absolutely no pain anywhere in my body. Don't take no medicine, no nothing since I saw you. I just walked past your office, you know. And then you prayed after that. And the Lord is there. The more you pray and you build a relationship with God, He enables you to pray for people. You need to pray about the anointing to pray for, for the sick. For the sick. You know, there was a man called Earl Roberts started a medical, a medical building, a whole medical center, a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
just filled with medical doctors that were filled with the Spirit, full of the Spirit, they could lay hands on the sick. And they can get anointed, those people. They have to be anointed. And then they operate on him. And this is the truth. It's recorded in Christian history. So he had some operation, some whatever it was in his days. And those doctors would form a circle. They prayed over him. And as they began the operation, now he's under anesthetic. He begins to pray in tongues aloud right through the operation until they wake him up. But he'd been praying. Had a big prayer session right there on that bed while they're operating on him. You can't stop the Spirit. You can't stop the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost wants to manifest, He will. You know, He will. You can't stop the working of God. That was a major. Only 40 million people came in His ministry to the Lord. 40 million. You can't stop the Holy Spirit. Can you say Amen. Here in the gifts of the Spirit, you have the nine gifts of the Spirit. This handout will come towards you tonight. It'll be handed out, just a little bit of a revised and, and with some more detail and whatever the case may be. It's just a little bit neater than what I added in my configuration. So the ladies just retyped that for us and reformatted it. But in terms of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you, you see that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 to 10, there are nine gifts. I mention it often, now at the moment, but I mention it again. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the sending of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Nine gifts in totality listed there in the Bible. If you read the King James Bible, you find it like there. Okay? So one of them is speaking in tongues. Now I've been saying to the people, I've been saying, now you're a spiritual man. Being a spiritual man, becoming Holy Spirit sensitive. I'm talking experience here. I mean 40 years plus experience in these things. Becoming a spiritual man, you have to understand that you have to learn to pray in tongues. You see, it's like those people there in Ephesus. He come across to Paul the Apostle on the island of, um, well, actually he was in, in Ephesus and it's like Asia Minor. It's not an island there. The city of Ephesus. Paul's there. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, they haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. But they believed in Jesus. And um, they were witnessed to by, I think it was Aquila and Priscilla in the preceding chapter there. So they came across. And uh, now Paul says then, but, but into what baptism were you then baptized? He says, well, the baptism of John the Baptist. He says, well, he, he baptized with the baptism of repentance. But this baptism is the baptism, of course, into the body of Christ. Of course, into the body of Christ. You become part of the bride of Christ, the very body of Christ, because there's a time when the bride and the groom get together. They become one. So called both the body and the bride in the New Testament. Like Romans chapter 7 and um, Ephesians 5. You, you talk about the body of Christ as a bride, the bride of Christ. See? And, uh, but at the same time, coming together in him as one with him, the head of the body, he's now the head of the body. He is, he is the head, he's the king of glory, he's the savior. And by the way, if you talk about salvation, salvation and savior is not limited to just the salvation of your soul. It's limited, no, it's unlimited, by you can get the help of Jesus in any problem area. You name it. 
there's a scripture for it, you pray it. Never talk negative. Never talk negative. You know, I used to stop that in the early days. Pastor Jacques, I stopped that here with the staff. I said to them these words, never sing on a telephone. You know, it's like this. Listen to me now. But you say, hello, Pastor Adam. How are you today? Oh, well, goodbye. Thank you, Pastor Adam. Goodbye. Oh, sing us, oh, sing us, oh, sing us a song. Hallelujah. Actually, hallelujah. Somebody starts singing to me on the phone. Then I just frown deeply. They're not with me. Actually, how are you today, Jacques? How are you today, Dr. Dennis? Are you well today? Yes. Yeah. Be normal on a phone. It's you. After all, it's only you. Not only you. <laughs> Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody, in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Lord works in these things, in the gifts of the Spirit, and He wants us to pray in tongues. That is the evidence that you are filled with the Spirit. See, the Spirit within, okay? The Spirit within is for fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. When you get born again, you get the fruit of the Spirit. See, once you got the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, friendliness, kindness, faith, humility, and self-control, temple of the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit upon you, that is Acts chapter number one, verse number eight, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Upon is the Greek word epi, which means to rest upon you. We call it the anointing. We call it the Shekinah glory in the Hebrew. So when the Spirit comes upon you, that's for the gifts. Then you get filled with the Spirit like that, you begin to minister in the gifts. You pray for it, especially praying in tongues. See? But ye, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keeping yourselves in love. Just one verse there, Jude 20. Final point is, Paul says, pray in the Spirit, minister in the gifts, cast out demons, heal the sick, work the works of God. At the same time, be a spiritual person. And finally, he says these words. He says, listen, now here on this earth, we're in this world, we occupy till the Lord comes. Listen, it's time when you're on this earth to understand there's some forces opposing you. You, you, you take them on straight on and you pray in the spirit. See, when you're praying in the spirit and you keep yourself in love, the power of God is unleashed against those strongholds and those things. And he says, therefore, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Don't war, war, war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, not carnal, but they mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So you pray, and it's like something, the resistance, snapping. How many times in my life did I feel that experience? It is amazing. You're praying in tongues, praying in tongues about a thing, burden, burden, and there comes peace, there comes rest, there comes refreshing, and the next moment, boom, you're breaking through. And there's a total peace, and you know, prayer's answered, let's move to the next topic. Can you say amen? amen. Now, if you have come into this place today, and I want you just for a moment to bow your heads. And you've never, you hear these things, but you've never properly committed your life to Jesus Christ. 
the way, the truth, and the life, there's no name given under heaven, the Word tells you that, by which a man can be saved. But the name of Jesus, salvation through faith in Jesus, in the power of His sacrifice and His blood, the walk of faith, that the grace of God might be unleashed upon your life, and things change. Now, you know that you can come in this place and be saved the moment you do something. The Bible tells you. Where does it tell you? In Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says these words. And I'm talking to you now, each and every one. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Let me say that in Afrikaans language also. As jy met jou mond die Heere Jesus Christus belei en in jou hart geloof dat God die Vader om in die dood het opgewek het, sal jy gered word. You believe, you confess Him and you believe in Him. But you got to do that confession for yourself. And I'd like to help you through that confession if you haven't done it before. I think it's so important. I want to give you the opportunity of just making sure that your name is written in the book of life of the Lamb of God. Would you raise your hands and I can see everybody bow your heads. Only the people wanting prayer and you'd like to make that prayer with me. Quickly just raise your hands like your hand can in. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. I see hands going up. God bless you. I see hands going up. God bless you. Yes, hands going up now from these people. From these people. God bless you all. And uh, there's one at the back. Is there anybody else? Anybody else saying... Is there anybody else saying, well, you know, is there anybody saying that, Lord, today I want to make a comeback to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get to the place where Jesus Christ is in command of my life, filled with the Holy Spirit, new life in Christ. I need it now more than ever then all you have to do is raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Just take it on from Elbazim. Yes, God bless you. There's another hand. Anybody else? Don't let this opportunity go by. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand right at the back. Is there anybody over there? Yes, I see that hand. There's one there. There. Okay. Now, I want to give the opportunity to those people. Okay. I want you, there's another hand. I want you to just stand for me so I can see you where you are and pray for you. Stand it for me up. Everybody bow your head. Only the people that raise their hands stand for me, please. Now, you're way too far. I can't even see your face. That one there at the back, that one over there. Those are far away from me. Can I ask you just quickly walk to me here and I'll pray here for you. Come to me. I'll quickly lead you through it. Come quickly. We're going to give people the chance to commit their lives to Christ in the house of the Lord. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a proper praise offering right now. Just stand here. Stand in front of me like this. Give your life to Jesus Christ. These things that I've spoken about, you won't even know what they mean, but the moment you've got what you've got here today, you take your Bible, life changes. Do you agree with me at the back, church? Now, all of you, raise your hands towards the Lord. Just raise your hands. Everybody can do that. Say, according to the Bible, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. Lord Jesus, 
come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wash me from all of my sins in your blood. And this day, I declare you my Lord and my Savior, my only Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, I repent of evil and I turn to God to live according to your word and prayer for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord, for writing my name in the book of life of the Lamb of God. Now give the Lord a proper praise offering, everybody. Amen. You all just stand at the back. Everybody can stand now. And so these people at the front, we just want to meet you. Look at this good-looking pastor here. He's tall enough that everybody can see him. His name is George. So if you have this, he's, he's going to talk to you in a moment. And then the rest of you, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, God bless you in Jesus' name. Till we have our revival service also tonight, Lord bless that for us in Jesus' name. All God's people say. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.